I have always been aware that I am different. I am of a different size, a different height, a different ethnicity, just different. When you grow up in a family full of ambitious people and your goals don't align with those of your family, you're automatically labeled the black sheep. On top of that, being plus size is always going to make you a target. Have you learned to accept your differences? Have you learned to just accept that things are the way they are and it's better for you to leave some things undisturbed? Join me, Alexis, on Clutch, a podcast by RGAA, powered by Building Rome, as we discuss Don't talk unless you walk a mile in my shoes. You're listening to Clutch by the Real Girlfriends Across America, powered by Building Rome. The content that you're about to hear are the opinions and views of the show hosts and guests and does not represent their views or opinions of Clutch by RGAA or its affiliates and sponsors. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use any information given as medical advice to treat any medical conditions in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. Our podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. Welcome to Clutch by RGAA, powered by Building Rome. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to Clutch, a podcast by RGAA, powered by Building Rome. There you go. I finally got it right. I am Alexis, and I am going to be your host for today's show. The theme of this month is all about being thankful. And besides being thankful for what's going on in your life or in your current situation, we're talking about being thankful for what has happened in the past and or for anything else that we ourselves would choose to be thankful for. Because in our previous um, podcast, I did say that our past has a way of shaping our present and our future, or our past helps create the person who we are at present time. And that has rung true for me my entire life because my childhood definitely has shaped the kind of person I am. And no, I am not saying I am perfect because we all have flaws that we need to work on some flaws have bigger craters than others. Just before this podcast started, I actually was talking with one of my coworkers where we I said I inherited a lot of my family's good traits, which are they're pretty ambitious people, they're hardworking, uh They're very intelligent, they're very smart, they're very opinionated, but one of the bad flaws, (laughs) I inherited their impatience and um, temper because everybody in my family has a temper problem. There is not one person that that trait has fit. 
some people have worse tempers than others and some not so much. I am very quick to, my temper is very quick to light only because I really honestly believe that I am the most sensitive one out of my entire family. Uh, What I mean by that is going to be the topic of this show, which is don't judge until you walk a mile in my shoes. Uh, What I mean by that is when you're born into a family, right, that family has certain expectations for you. So what happens when you don't live up to the expectations of your family. I saw what it did to my own mother because my mother comes from a large family. She has six other siblings. And while they're each successful in their own right, it depends who you ask. Some are more successful than others, some not so much. But my mother, in their eyes, were, is not successful. She never learned English. She had issues holding a job down. But despite all of that, my mother did take good care of me and my sister, at least to the best of her ability. So she never did live up to the expectations of her brothers and sisters and or my grandmother. My grandmother is no longer here. Can't ask her that. But I really do think that my mother honestly felt that because she didn't really have a good relationship with my grandma, nor did she have a good relationship with her brothers and sisters. So when it comes to turntable and now I'm looking at myself I'm like I am more like my mother than I originally thought because despite others opinions of my mother my mother actually has had a heart of gold she really genuinely cares about people she's very compassionate etc I am exactly like my mother I would actually give my last dollar to somebody who needs that and it's my compassion that drives me to be a little bit unique from my family because My aunt, who raised me and my sister, has said this, and she said, despite the fact of my younger sister being a lot more ambitious than me, a lot more book smart than me, and a lot more determined than me, it's quite the opposite when it comes to compassion and empathy for people, because I'm the one that feels people's pain, and I'm the one who's very sympathetic. Pathetic and very compassionate. It doesn't matter what you have done to me in the past, or it doesn't matter what you said to me two days ago. If you honestly needed my help and I could give it to you, I would, because that's just the kind of person I am at the core, and that's who my mom is. So the problem is that when you're that kind of person and you're born into a family, I don't mean this in a bad way. It's just who they are. People are who they are, and one of life's lessons is the quicker you realize who people are, the more easier it is for you to accept them the way they are because we can't change people. The only thing that you have any control over changing is yourself. You might want to help 
change a person or you'll want to help encourage a person to change, but you can't make them change. So for me and my mother, me and myself especially, when you're born into a family full of determined people, full of ambitious people, full of people who, I hate to put it this way, don't think of others. They just want what they want when they want it and such like that, they would do anything to get it. So like my sister has said, my sister said, unfortunately, this family is full of sharks, and I am not a shark. Not to say that I don't, I am not ambitious, not to say that I am not determined, not to say that I am not intelligent. I just don't bite other people or whack other people when they're down, nor when I smell blood do I take advantage of that. They're, that's just the kind of family certain people in my family are. They smell weakness, they're definitely going to hit you where it hurts, just so they can break you and get you exactly where they want. So a lot of people, when they see me and my family, the first thing they're going to say is, oh, you're Asian. So when you think of an Asian person, right, especially an Asian female, you always think of small, very petite maybe no, uh, not weighing more than 100 pounds soaking wet. So when they meet me, a plus-size Asian, they're like, oh, my God, you're so fat, and you're Asian. So how can you be so fat when your family is on the thinner side? And that is true. I do have very thin family members or very um, socially accepted family members to societies talk about weight. I have always been a bigger child, right? I would not say that I was 400 pounds when I was a toddler, but I was always a tad bigger than everybody else in my family, my sister included, right? But the thing is that my mother raised my sister not to make fun of my weight, but other people in my family don't think of that, right? My family, especially the older generation. It's an Asian thing where they're just very blunt and they don't think about your feelings and they don't watch what they say to you. So some of their words actually really do cut and it cuts so much deeper for someone like me because I'm empathetic. I feel things so much more than the average person, right? I got to work on stop saying, right? That's another bad habit I realized. So when they say certain things to me, it's taken me years to learn how to really just let it roll off my back. When I was a teenager, my aunt actually said really harsh things to me, like, oh, my God, you're so fat oh, my God, you're so stupid. Oh, my God, why can't you do this? Why can't you get A's? Or if she happens to be another student during an activity that I do, she goes, why can't you be as good as them? And when you're a child and you grow up in an environment with somebody who constantly says those things to you, you start to have self-doubt. You start to under the pressure. My mother did not have that much expectations for me, but you have to remember, I lost my mom when I was 14. I haven't lived with my mom since I was maybe the age of 12, only because of 
the situation that occurred with my mom being physically abusive towards me and my sister where we were removed. But I haven't really been in my mother's custody. When I was a child, my mother never once told me I was fat. My mother never told me I needed to go on a diet. My mother never called me stupid or any of that. But when I was a teenager, I lived in a different household. I lived with my aunt. Not to say that my aunt did not love me. She had her own way of loving me, but she just was not as maternal as my mother. My aunt definitely was not the person that I would run to if I ever had crying issues or any of that. That's just not the kind of person she is. So my aunt always told me, she was like, you're never going to be good enough. You're never going to be able to do this. I don't even know why you bother trying. I don't know why you would ever do any of this. Like, she would say things like that. And for a while, I literally broke trying to bend over backwards, trying to please her. She would call me fat. I would literally survive on a in a day on a carton of yogurt that's all I would eat because she would tell me I'm fat and I would never be accepted she would tell me oh my god you got so fat oh my god if only you were a size 12 you would wear prettier clothes see when you're a size 14 and you're a size 16 yeah, the clothes might fit you, but they're not as nice as a size 12. See, your little sister is skinny. I can buy pretty things for her, but when you're so fat, I can't buy you the same brands, nor can I buy you something pretty because you're just not going to fit into it. So when somebody says things like that to you, they, I don't ever think she realized she actually was being cruel nor do I think she realized she seriously hurt my feelings so she I literally broke trying to make somebody very happy when I myself was very unhappy so during my high school years I was very fortunate enough to have a best friend where the joke of the trade was we're like two peas in a pod, according to our choir teacher. Because our choir teacher says the truth of the matter is where you see one, the other is not that far away, which means it's either we're standing next to each other, one is standing in front, one is standing behind, or one is waiting for the other wherever the other is coming from. That's what she meant by two in a po- uh, two piece in the pot. In high school, I had other friends, but my best friend was this girl. I spent all my time with her. I spent talking on the phone with her after school to the point where my aunt literally was afraid that I was a lesbian. And my best friend knew what was going on behind closed doors, and she saw me breaking And she saw and heard the things that were being said to me. So she said one of the things that helped me kind of accept my situation in a way where she goes, your life is kind of like a jigsaw puzzle. For those who do jigsaw puzzles, we all know there are a thousand pieces and they have to fit a certain way. No, No matter how bad you try to fit two pieces together they're not meant to fit it's just not going to fit and that's what 
my best friend met. My best friend was like, you and your family are two different pieces of two very different puzzles. So why are you trying so hard to change yourself to fit into a puzzle that you're just not meant to fit? So my best friend said to me, she was like, you are of a plus size nature. If you want to lose weight for yourself, you should lose weight for yourself. And if you are fine the way you are, then you are fine the way you are. She said people who really truly love you or truly care about you are going to be accepting of the way that you are. Yes, they can, They might be able to make a comment and say, oh, you've gotten a little bit bigger. Maybe you should slim down. But it's not what you say it's how you say it so growing up in a family where everybody else is skinnier and you're a little bit bigger of course they're going to make comments I will never forget one day when I when my family was having a birthday party they were other people there Adult-wise, it was a party for a cousin, and everybody was invited, including myself. And when it came time to hand out ice cream and cake, everybody else got a big portion. And when it came to my turn, the person was like, oh, you're on a diet, so you sure you want this piece of cake? And I said, yes. And she was like, okay. And she gave me a tiny piece. And I was like, oh, can I have some ice cream? She was like, no, you can't have any ice cream. You're too fat. And the re- and she said it so loud that everybody in the room heard. And I just stood there and I was like, okay. So like, I just went to the corner with my piece of cake. And it's kind of embarrassing when somebody says something like that because everybody in the room just looked and like, it's just moments like that that you yourself don't forget because when you're a fat person, yes, like I'm never going to be here and say that, you know, being fat is so awesome, being fat is going to keep you healthy. I'm not here to ever promote that, right? I do understand that when you get to a certain weight, there's going to be health problems and that's a different call. And coming from a medical background, I do understand, and I'm trying to alter my lifestyle to fit more better, right? But the truth of the matter is when you do things like that, I'm just, pre- I'm just saying from a fat person's perspective, why do you have to shout it so the entire room can hear, right? Why can't you just say it in a way that's nicer, right? Because, oh, see, there goes the right again. But... You could have just said, hey, um, I know that it's a birthday party, and I know you would like cake, but you're a little bit bigger. Do you think that you should be eating a whole piece of cake? And if you want a piece of cake, I'll give you a piece of cake. But how about I give you half a piece of cake? You don't have to announce it to the entire room. You could have just said it in, like, just so it's you and me to be heard. You don't have to announce it to the entire room to embarrass me. Because, like, it's horrible when everybody else in the room is eating their cake and they're just staring at you. Like, yes, you can judge and you can think whatever you want, but you, you alone are embarrassing me by saying it out loud. There was also another situation where I was about 19 years old and I had a job as a cashier. And on Saturdays, 
my boss would buy lunch for everybody. And I remember he forgot that I do not have a thing for pizza. So this time he ordered the pizza and everything. My aunt happened to be there only because she was getting the car oil change. It was for a auto body shop. And everybody was eating pizza. And I remember my boss goes, oh, Alexis, it's lunchtime. Aren't you going to come out and get yourself some pizza? Um, It's for everybody. And mind you, my boss was sitting there. Two mechanics were there. Three customers were there all eating pizza, including my aunt. And before I can even say no, thank you, in a polite way, my aunt goes, why would you invite her to eat pizza? She's already hell, so she shouldn't be eating pizza. My aunt literally said that in a room full of people, and my boss just gave my aunt this look, right? And my aunt was like, what? She is fat. She shouldn't be eating pizza. And my boss didn't know what to say, right? And one of the other mechanics, he just basically took a piece of pizza. He brought it to me. He goes, she can eat whatever she wants, and if she doesn't want it for herself, she will let us know. And he looked at me, and he was like, and besides, I think you look beautiful the way you are, and go ahead and eat your pizza. And, like, he just smiled at me. He looked at my aunt, and he said, I think she's perfect the way she is. And everybody else in the shop, they, it puts everyone in a unique position. Because when you say something like that, you're embarrassing the fat person, of course, me in particular. But when you say something like that, even if somebody else is thinking, yeah, that person is a little bit bigger, they shouldn't be eating pizza. They're sure not stupid enough to say anything. But when you say it, you put everybody else in the room on standby. You're always going to have somebody who's going to offend someone, but you're always going to have people who sit there. They don't know what to say. They don't, they just go, this is an awkward position. How do you get yourself out of it? It's like embarrassing. So my family has done that to me my entire life. They've always, it's a constant battle about my weight. It's a constant battle about me being fat, me not being a business enough, me not being enough, 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 enough. So eventually I broke. And I did not break in a very pretty way. I basically just broke. Mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically broke. And I remember crying and crying and crying and crying because that was the one moment in my life where I realized maybe my mother had it right all along, where my mother decided to raise my sister at myself away from her toxic family because when you're a child you don't understand how toxic a family can be you just think oh mommy's not allowing me to be around uncle oh mommy's not allowing me to stay over there for that long but when I was a teenager was when I finally realized just how 
my family can be. And I will never forget what one of my teachers said in front of my aunt that I think was the first time she ever realized what she was doing to me because she would always compare me to other students, always compare me to my younger sister, always compare me to certain people in my family where she would say cruel things to me. And I would just sit there. I would sit there and not say a word because what do you say to somebody when you're a child? Now if somebody ever said that to me, I would tell them off. But when you're a child, you're kind of powerless. And I remember one time my aunt said something to me. I don't remember what she said. But my teacher overheard what she said. And he literally said to my aunt, he was like, don't say that to her. Right? And my aunt was not, and my aunt didn't say anything. My aunt walked around the corner. I didn't realize she heard it. But this is what my teacher said to me. My teacher was like, Alexis, you might... You are different, right? And my teacher was like, I've always known that about you. Yes, your grades could be better, but Alexis, here's the truth of the matter. It's amazing to me that somebody like that can raise you in a household where she says things like that to you, but you came out not damaged, not damaged where you turn into a bully and you inflict pain on other people. You came out compassionate. You came out caring about people. You came out nice and you're kind. You're not a mean person by nature. You you just love people and you want to help any way you can. So my teacher was like, always hold on to that because it's amazing to me that that person raised you and you came out quite different. And when my teacher and I turned the corner, my aunt just was standing there. My teacher didn't say anything. So all my teacher said was, I'll see you, I'll see you in class tomorrow. I walked off. And, like, when my teacher said that to me was the beginning when I myself started to change and I myself started to grow a thicker skin. And with that, let's go ahead and take our first break. Become a patron of Clutch by the Real Girlfriends Across America. By supporting creators you love on Patreon, you're becoming an active participant in their creative process. As a member, you receive exclusive content, community access, behind-the-scenes updates, and the pride of viewing work that matters to you. Joining is easy. Visit patreon.com backslash Girlfriends across America. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com backslash Girlfriends across America. Every donation helps. Clutch by RGAA is powered by Building Rome. Building Rome, Inc. is a professional company that provides an array of services to freelancers, creatives, virtual hustlers, and business owners. For more information on hiring Building Rome, log on to the website at buildingromeinc.com. Once again, the website is Building Rome. 
inkinc.com. If you have a business or you are seeking to start a business, please protect yourself when it comes to contracts, accidents, document review, new clients, and more. Just Life Events can assist you with getting access to quality attorneys at reduced rates for all of your business needs. We can also help with family plans, plans for truckers, large and small businesses, and so much more. Remember, it's better to have and not need than to need and not have. Contact us today for a free consultation to see how we may be able to meet your legal needs. Our website is justlifeevents.org. Do you have a product, brand, or service that you want to advertise on our platform? Well, look no further. Send us an email to realgirlfriends7 at gmail.com. That's realgirlfriends7 the number seven at gmail.com to place your advertisement here. Clutch on to your drinks while we listen to today's trending news story. A video is going viral of a six-year-old wrapping his ABCs. A for apple is probably the first thing that almost all children are taught during elementary school. However, in this two minutes and 30 second clip, it features the child's father who begins the video by saying the rap is a way to encourage people and tell them that they can pursue anything. The six-year-old Samuel then goes on and sings all 26 alphabets, assigning each letter with a different career. This has gained a lot of attention and has been shared millions of times, but Michelle Obama, the former first lady, shared it as she wrote, I know these have been really stressful times. This video puts a smile on my face, so I wanted to share it with all of you. I hope this gives you a moment to pause and think about our kids right now and the kind of future we want to see for them. Sam, I absolutely love your version of the ABCs, and I know you'll inspire so many kids to dream big, too. that told me that he can't believe that the environment I grew up in or the person raising me does all these things and I came out quite different because I don't know if it was my saving grace that my mother chose to raise me for the first 12 years of my life away from the toxicity of the family that and so, I don't know what to call it. Let's just say a shield. Not to say that it, the things being said to me didn't hurt my feelings or make me cry or anything like that. Let's just say the shield of me growing, growing up 12 years away from the hellhole 
basically gave me the ability to be compassionate and kind. We'll put it that way. So my entire life has been a battle with certain people in my family where they just have a lot of negative things to say. My grandmother was the exception, never had a negative word to say, always loved me. And here's the funny thing about my grandma that you guys will have to know. My grandmother, I will never forget in my teenage years, before my grandmother's health changed dramatically to affect her speech, would be so famous to say to me, oh, my God, Alexis, you got so fat. And I was like, okay, Grandma. And then the next minute, she'll open the right side. She goes, so where's your bowl? I'm going to feed you. And I was like, Grandma, didn't you just call me fat? And she was like, yeah, what's the point? Now you need to eat. I didn't see you eat dinner, so go get yourself a bowl. So the rule of the game has always been, well, you go to Grandma's house, starve yourself. And by starve yourself, I mean, don't eat a damn thing that day because that woman is going to feed you regardless whether you're hungry or not. And she expects you to eat it whether you're hungry or not, because there have been a couple of times where I was full, and she hands me something to eat, and she goes, eat it. And I said, Grandma, I'm so full. I like to go, eat, 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 eat. And then like, everybody else was like, just take a bite. I'll take a bite, and I'm like, this is such a waste of food, because like, if you don't take a bite, at least you can give it to somebody else. But like, no, this woman will literally say to me, Alexis, you got fat. And then the next step goes, here's a cookie. And I'm like, why would you do that? Why would you say to someone, oh, my gosh, you got fat. And then the next, Beth goes, oh, here's a cookie. Like, can anyone ever explain that to me? Like, from a fat person's perspective. I, you just literally called me fat. Okay, great. So then in your next breath, you're going to hand me a piece of chocolate cake. Aren't you contributing to me being fat? That's why I'm grateful I have my younger sister, where she would tell me, you gotten fat, and at least she won't hand me the piece of chocolate cake. She most likely will hand me a salad, much to my chagrin, but at least she will hand me the salad, not the piece of cake. I'm just saying, that's one of the things I don't understand. You're going to tell somebody that, oh, my God, you got fat, and then you're going to contribute to that fatness. That's not nice. So if you're going to call somebody fat, just don't, because you never know what that person has been through. You don't know if it's weight because they've always been that way. You don't know if it's a medical condition or a side effect. It's just not nice to call anybody mean. Because weren't we taught as children, if you have nothing nice to say, shut the hell up. As a teenager, I always stood up for my friends. I remember there was a situation where I didn't even know this girl in the ninth grade. And she was picked on because she was just devoutly religious. And everybody made fun of her for it. And she was different because she was homeschooled. And finally, high school, she decided to go to regular school. So she made fun of. Everybody was picking on her. And I never was there to witness it. And so one day, I walked into my earth science class. And she was crying her eyes out to my teacher, saying she couldn't find 
for a study guide. Someone stole it. And this was the class where my teacher hand wrote everything out on the board for you to copy down. So if you don't copy it down, you're not going to get that study guide. And she's crying her eyes out. My teacher didn't know what to say. And in the back of the room, I saw these two boys giggling and laughing at her and pointing at her. So that made me kind of suspicious where I looked down to the trash can, and she was describing that they were in a folder, a red folder. So I saw a red folder, so I picked it up, and it was dripping wet because they had dumped, like, soda or whatever on it. It was, like, completely soaked. And I held it over the trash can, and I was like, excuse me, I think this belongs to you. No, I don't think you would want it back. And she cries even harder because she said her study guide is in there. And she wrote down the questions and she wrote down the answers and the points and the pages to study. So now what is she going to do? And the two boys in the back are cackling and my teacher is just standing there staring at them. So I said to her, I was like, oh, do you teach earth science too? And she goes, yes. And I was like, oh, it's the same class, just different periods, right? And my teacher was like, yes. So I just opened my binder. I said, oh, I have the study guide. You can have mine because uh, you can borrow mine. I don't need it, at least not yet, because the test is not for another week and a half. So you can take the weekend to copy down my study guide, just bring it back to me on Monday. And she goes, oh, my God, are are you sure? And I was like, yeah, no problem. And she took it, and she laughed, and my teacher was like, that's nice of you. And the two boys in the back, when I sat down, they said to me, they're like, to do something like that. It was actually kind of funny. I was like, oh, do you think it's funny? You're assholes. And I said it just like that. I was like, you're assholes for doing that. That's not nice. Because I'm not the kind of person to ever make fun of somebody. I'm not saying that I'm perfect, and if something happens, I won't laugh. But... I try my best not to, and I try my best not to intentionally hurt someone's feelings. I'm not saying that sometimes I don't, because if you've tuned into a couple of podcasts, you know, I'm a completely blunt and honest person, and I don't sugarcoat things, and sometimes I come across harsher than I intend. But if I realize that I have hurt your feelings, I will apologize for it. I'll be like, I'm so sorry that came out wrong. Let me explain what I actually meant. But, like, I don't intentionally call somebody fat or dumb or stupid, okay, maybe. But it's in a moment, and I will apologize for it, or I mean it as a funny thing, not like a name-calling thing. Or maybe I should just take my own advice and be quiet and stop making excuses for it. See, I'm not perfect. So, what I mean by don't judge until you walk them out in my shoes is unless you are a fat person or you grew up in my household, you will never understand what truly goes behind or happens behind those doors. And by that, every single person in my family has something that happened to them as a child that has traumatized them. And whether they choose to be open about it or not, everybody is going to judge. 
everybody is going to have a comment. And when I say I broke, I broke to one of my family members where he kept on making fun of me for being fat. He was an uncle, and he literally would tell everybody, oh, my gosh, she's so fat, she's so lazy, she's always asleep when I come by. And my sister defended me, where my sister literally told him, excuse you, you have an office job where you can sit on your goddamn ass and my sister worked in a job where she worked over 60 hours a week. I know this because there have been times where my sister calls me on the phone and asks me to check her schedule to ensure she's going to the right store. She, at the time, it, I worked as a merchandiser where I would have to go to stores, pull out fixtures, put the fixtures. Kind of like as a customer, if you walk into a store and you see the pretty little fixtures, you see all the clothes folded up nicely, you see the jewelry all hanging in one way before somebody messes it up. That was my job. <coughs> and I worked for a specific brand. And I was working 60 hours plus a week where I was working back to back to back to back to back. And so on the weekends, of course, my butt is going to be asleep because when you have to wake up at 8 something in the morning, you don't get home until almost midnight because some of these locations are two and a half hours away from your house. It's just not fun. So when she said that to him, he basically decided to attack me one weekend where he said a lot of mean things. He goes, you are so fat, blah, 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 blah. You can't even blah, 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 blah. But he said a lot of mean things, and I broke. And I said, if I were you, I wouldn't be talking. And he goes, what are you talking about? I was like, you always have a habit of loving to air out my dirty laundry. You like to point out my flaws, and you like to call me fat. But what about you? And I, I'm not going to do this to him on podcast air because that's not nice, but I will say that I aired out all his dirty laundry that was going on in his life. And I said, so if I were you, I would worry about my damn life and my own situation before I, you try to fix mine. And when I said that, he couldn't really say anything because what I had to say was true. What I said was true, but it was in a cruel way, the same way that he did it to me, which is why I said I am not perfect because I broke and I snapped. And I said things that were true, but I said it in a mean way, which is why I said it's not what you say. It's how you say it that can truly hurt a person. Yes. I know that I am a fat person. Yes, I know that I use for my own health benefits. But you can't just go up to a fat person and say, oh, my God, you're so fat. You just can't, right? It's just not a good idea because you never know if the person's going to bitch smack you or not. I wouldn't, right? But I've seen some people do it, trust me. It's not a pretty situation. So where I snapped and how I got my confidence and how I learned to be accepting is 
I hate to put it this way, and it's just a conversation where I had with a family member where they finally were able to really understand what it was like to be me, where this is what I said. I'm done trying to fit in, and I am done trying to bend over backwards to make you happy because the truth of the matter is no matter what I do, no matter if I've done everything you asked me to do, you still will never be happy. You, it will never be enough for you. So like I said, I could have been one of those skinny girls in high school. I could have gotten three days, gone to college, got a six-figure job, and you still would have something to nitpick about me. You will always find something to say. You can't. You never have a positive thing to say to me, ever. You just don't. And that's the kind of person that you are. And I've learned to accept that. That's going to be you, and that's your own lot in life. Yes, like, there are things that you've done for me that are wonderful, and I appreciate it, and I have good memories of you, everything. But, you know, when it comes to my weight and when it comes to whatever criticism else you have to say, just go ahead and say it because it really doesn't cut me anymore. It doesn't cut me anymore because I have spent my entire life building an armor against you people. So go ahead and say whatever it is the hell you want to say and get it out of the way and let me have a response because now I am no longer a child. I am not going to keep quiet. So if you say something to me, expect me to say something back. And if you can't handle what I have to say, then kindly shut the hell up and don't say anything to me at all. And then we wouldn't have this issue. And that is one of the hardest lessons that certain people and my family had to learn, that I transitioned out of being a child. I no longer have to keep quiet. If you're going to say something to me, I'm definitely going to say something back to you. So my mother have always taught me and my sister, if you have nothing nice to say, do not say anything at all. And if you say something to somebody, you better expect them to say something back. So if you have something to say to somebody and it's not exactly a nice thing to say, expect them to say something back that's going to hurt your feelings too. And if you can't take it, then don't say anything in the first place. So my mother has always taught me if you smack somebody, you're going to expect that person to hit you back. So if you punch somebody in the face and they hit you back and you can't take that punch or you don't like the fact that they hit you back, then don't hit them in the first place. So my mother has always raised me to be that kind of person. I try my hardest not to throw punches without at least learning how to duck first. But like a lot of people in my family, they just have this mentality. They have this mentality of I'm coming from a place of love. And I am only saying this because nobody else in the world is going to tell you the truth. And I'm just telling you in hopes to help you. So let me ask you a question. If you want somebody to change for the better, would you honestly tell a fat person, oh, my God, you're so goddamn fat. You need to go on a fucking diet or else you're going to die. Do you really honestly think that's going to make the person want to lose weight? Do you honestly, really honestly think that person is going to change? You're only going to send that person straight to the kitchen to reach for that butter bar. 
it's a conversation that needs to be had where whenever you have a person who's plus size like me or wherever you have a person who's just different from you, you kind of have to have this mentality of being compassionate and to think about how that person is going to receive the news. I've always been sensitive. I'm going to cry regardless. So that I I think that had a hand in how certain people in my family just didn't want to have this conversation. Or if they say something, they were like, you're going to cry anyway, so I might as well just go ahead and finish my thoughts. So my advice is, yes, as a plus size person, you need to accept who you are. And you, you are perfect just the way you are. Because the only opinion that really matters is your own. Everybody else have opinions. And haven't you heard of the saying opinions are just like assholes? Everyone has one. And what I mean by that is even if you're a plus size person, you're always going to have somebody who says, oh, my God, you're fat. You're always going to have somebody who says, oh, my God, you're perfect. Or you're going to have somebody who prefers an even bigger person that says, oh, my God, you need to gain some weight. You're always going to have somebody who's going to have something to say to you. And as a plus size person, you're going to have to learn how to have a thick skin. And that applies to any other person who's not plus size either. Because the truth of the matter is there's always going to be somebody out there who has something to say to you. And most likely that something is not very nice. And the quicker you learn how to have a thick skin, the better it is that you are. Because when I was a teenager and I was a small child, I suffered a lot at the hands of words that were being said to me only because it does something to your mentality. When you're trying to be a person or when you're trying to do something and somebody just constantly tells you you can't, it really does affect you. And I am telling people out there, watch what you say to somebody. If you have nothing nice to say, then don't say anything at all. Just don't, right? For me, in all honesty, I'm going to be 100% honest. If I have something to say to you, it's because I care. If I have, if I didn't give a crap about somebody, I wouldn't really say one word or another. I'll just say hello and goodbye. I'm not saying that I'm perfect and sometimes my words don't cut. But at other times, I will say something because I care and because I'm concerned. So, like, when I was getting really, really honestly fat, my sister had a nice conversation with me. She goes, look, I know you're not going to be happy hearing this from me, but you got way too fat, and you need to do something about it. My sister just had a conversation with me, but it's not how she It's not what she said. It's how she said it. And the way she had that conversation with me, it didn't end in the ugly crying fit and it didn't end in a fight. It ended in a conversation where we both agreed we needed to do something about my weight. So like I said, if you need to have a conversation with somebody, the whole point of this podcast is about don't judge others until you walk a mile in their shoes. You don't know what's going on in that person's life. And the last thing you want is for your work to make or break a person because words are 10 times much more stronger than you ever raising your hand to someone because words have a lasting effect. When you slap somebody, the, the redness goes away in 10 minutes. But when you verbally say something mean to somebody, the stinging effect can be for years. Remember, I broke. The, I almost cried 
when I remembered certain things said to me as a as a child, and I'm 34. So that's what I mean by don't judge until you walk into somebody else's shoes. Everybody on this planet is different. Everybody is unique in his or her own way, but we need to be accepting of everybody. And if you yourself, for whatever reason, choose not to accept that person, you don't have to be mean to that person, nor do you have to kick that person down. You just don't. Because that doesn't make you a better person. That just makes you a bad person in everybody else's eyes. For me, for me, if I don't like you, then I'm just not going to say anything. I will still treat you with the dignity that a human should treat another human, but I don't have to be your friend, nor do I have to say anything. I would just say hello, goodbye, and not say anything. Why do we have to tear each other down? Why do you have to say something negative at all? Why? Does it it doesn't make you a better person? Does it make it does it, does it benefit you in some way? I think people who constantly pick on people or constantly peck at somebody or constantly have something to say that is not inspiring and or positive, it's they're miserable themselves and misery loves company. And with that, Corinne, I know you've been patiently waiting. Is there anything you would like to say about what I have to say? Um, well, thank you for sharing your story. Um, I want to ask you now, are you confident in your, your own skin? I am confident in my own skin where I am not delusional. And by that, I mean, I don't pretend that I'm skinnier. I don't catfish people if I choose to put myself out there. I am 100% authentic where I will be confident enough to say that I am a plus size person and I will let that person determine if they want to continue or not. So, yes, confidence comes at a price, though, because how do I put this nicely? Whether you're a plus size person, whether you're not a plus size person, there's always going to be rejection. And when someone rejects you, I hate to say this, even if you're the most confident person in the world, it's still going to sting. But me, myself, yes, I am confident in who I am today. And yes, there are times where people are going to reject me or people are going to judge me. But Corinne, you've known me long enough to know that I love proving people wrong. So please, just go ahead and underestimate me and stuff like that. I just can't wait to see that smile on your face when you realize I can do so much more than you ever thought I could. Yes, I think that you are um, one person that has a lot of self-esteem. You're very self-confident from what I know you from knowing you this time. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely yeah, agree with you on regards to, like, you probably have, like, some of the highest self-confidence there is out there. Well, if you think about it, like, my advice is I wasn't born this way, okay? And like you or anybody else listening, I have experienced tragedy. I have experienced pain, rejection, highs, lows, whatever you want to call them. Confidence 
you're only ever going to get self-esteem and or confidence when you yourself are okay with the way you are. And what I mean by that is when you accept you for you. And as a plus-size person, sometimes that's hard because you see magazines and you remember all the rejection you got from the guys. You remember what was said to you when you were fat and stuff like that. And I am so sorry that you got rejected. I am so sorry that people said mean things to you. But the only way that you're ever going to be okay and happy and at least confident in yourself is for you to accept the fact that you're a plus size person. And for me, that took me a while. I'm not saying I'm perfect. And I, uh, and like, I came out of my mother's womb walking down the street saying, I'm I'm confident. It took me years to learn. Because you have to remember, for me, growing up in a family full of skinny people, you know you're different. It's almost like if you took, if your skin color was blue and everybody else was green, you're going to know you're different. That was what it was like for me, growing up in an environment where you constantly are reminded just how different you are from everybody. But the quicker you accept the fact that you're different than everybody, the quicker it is for you to build confidence in yourself. Because despite the fact that you're different, there's something that you have that everybody else is going to admire. Like for me, it's my saving grace that I am a compassionate and empathetic person. I am the one person that everybody likes to run to to cry when they need a shoulder to cry on. I like that makes me uniquely me. And like as time goes, as you meet people who are going to accept you for you, and when you yourself learn more things about yourself, it's easier for you to be confident in yourself. I'm not saying that I I'm confident every every day. There are situations where I'm not so sure how I'm going to come out on the other side, but you yourself. Here's the thing. We all have to grow. We can't just stay in one spot. We can't just stay the same person every single day for the rest of our lives. It just doesn't happen that way. We grow, and the more we grow, the more experiences we experience, whether it's tragic, happy, rejection, what, whatever other feeling there is, it helps you grow as a person. It helps you grow as a person. You're going to reflect back of what you survived and what you survived, especially the tragedy, especially the not-so-nice moments. It's going to help instill in you a confidence, and that confidence is what's going to see you in your next adventure. For example, if you got rejected from a guy, right, and yes, that was very painful, but now that you're over that rejection and you try again, if the next guy rejects you too, Yes, it's going to hurt, but you're not going to fall into a million pieces because you realize, hey, the last guy rejected me. This guy rejected me. I'm going to survive too, and I'm just going to go out there and find somebody who accepts me for being me because the amazing thing is when you accept you yourself for the unique person you are, it doesn't matter what anybody else has to say. It doesn't matter what Alexa has to say. It doesn't matter what Corinne has to say. It doesn't matter what Auntie so-and-so has to say. All it matters is what you think of yourself. And what you think of yourself is what is going to help you be self-confident and have, have, have 
high self-esteem. Trust me, it took me years to get to this point. Anything else? Okay. No, no, that's it. Okay, and the final moments that we have, I just want to encourage everyone out there, whether you are plus size like me, whether you are skinny, whether you are tall, short, fat, thin, whatever it is, my advice is let's be better people. Stop judging others for what you see. Because sometimes what we see is not what truly needs to be seen, right? There I go with the right again. I swear to God, that's got to stop. But what I mean by that is when you see me highly confident, highly laughing, self-esteem, and fat, you think I've always led a perfect life. I haven't. When you see a coworker coming in and you see that she's all skin and bones, you judge her. You're like, oh, she must have an eating disorder. What if she doesn't? What if she's just really, really sick and you didn't know about it? So stop judging others based on what you see. And let's be better people. If we don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Just don't. It's better for you to remain silent than for you to say something mean. And, like, if you have to say something, think twice before you say anything. Just, it's not what you say. It's how you say it. That it might be, it might, the situation might work out better for you because if you get sucker punched in the face, yeah, don't say it's all because of Alexis because Alexis told you to say something. Alexis didn't tell you to say anything. Alexis said to think twice and it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So the message of this is let's not judge others until we walk a mile in their shoes. And until we walk a mile in their shoes, let's just be better people in general. Let's just be kind to one another. It doesn't cost you anything to say hi. doesn't cost you anything to send a smile. It doesn't cost. So why not just be kinder, happier people in general? The world must go round, and there's already enough evil in the world, so why be a part of it? Why not try to be a light? And with that, I hope everyone have a good Thanksgiving. I know Thanksgiving is not for another week and a half, I think, but let's just try to have a happy Thanksgiving. Let's reach out to the forgotten ones, like maybe that old neighbor that you haven't seen in a while. Just say hi. Be kind to everyone. And with that, good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Clutch, a podcast by Real Girlfriends Across America. Clutch on to us tight by following us on all of our social media platforms. This includes Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. Like, share, and follow us. Did you miss the episode? Don't worry. You can listen to us anywhere where podcasts are being played, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Anchor, Spotify, and Speaker. Don't forget to watch us on YouTube by searching for Real Girlfriends Across America and visit our website at www.realgirlfriends.org. And until next time, clutch on to your best friend and stay tuned.